Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. You know, I'm just curious. Have you ever wondered or maybe even gone as far as researched online possible personality or mood disorders that you think your spouse might have? Well, my friends, then do we have a show for you? Because today we're going to give you everything you need to properly diagnose your spouse. That is coming up next on Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley, along with Seth Johnson, who is the co-host and producer. producer. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what you're fishing for right now. So, okay. Best friend in life? Yeah. (laughs) Lover of women? No, just one woman. Woman. Sean and baby, I love you. I know. So why did we both get really low in our voice? <laughs> Sean, I love I know. I know. It felt doing? like uh, a Barry White moment. Barry, yeah. I almost said Barry Manilow. I'm like, that's not right. No. <laughs> Barry White. That would have been like, I don't know what Barry Manilow sounds like. There's a fantastic little radio interview with um, John Mayer years and years ago where he was doing impressions of other artists. Yeah, I've heard him do these things. Like, he's really good. Yeah, he's funny. Because especially at the time when he first came out, his first record was um, really acoustic-y. And that's actually, it wasn't his style. But that's that the, the record. professional term? Yes. Okay. And so people were comparing him to Dave Matthews. Ah. And so he did a Dave Matthews one. and um, Did he do a Barry Manilow? He, no, he did kind of like this R&B Barry White kind of thing. Oh, nice. It was... Hilarious because did just, you find it so we can play it a little snippet on the show? No, I don't know. You didn't get prepared at all for this, did you? No, not at all. That'd be See, really I like hard making these challenges though, <laughs> because then as I'm talking, he's googling, and then the next thing you know, hey, I have a sound clip. I actually might have it on my old computer at my house. That's sad because it was from like 2001. They didn't even mm-hmm. have computers in 2001. <laughs> You're being ridiculous. So, okay, I made a pretty hefty promise in the intro. Yeah. and Like you do. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's kind of it's my thing. And so this is a show, because the other day I was thinking, I, I had this couple. What? Is it funny that I was thinking? So, <laughs> I'm just so, crossing my fingers at some point, hoping we can get through an entire episode of where you would complete each, each sentence that you start. Oh, no, I don't do that. <laughs> no, that'd be uninteresting. <laughs> I like to keep the listeners it's wanting like, more. It's like you complete your story, your thought in your head, and move on. <laughs> and be like, wait, what'd they say? <laughs> we don't know. You are the ultimate cliffhanger. <laughs> I am. And that's why our show is so infinitely popular. <laughs> and that's why our, our show is so... Anyway, so I was thinking about... Yeah. <laughs> that was a good impression of Michael Smalley. Thank I've you. heard of that guy. 
So the other day I was thinking while sitting on my couch watching basketball, would that be finishing? Like, do I, I have mean, to give an inordinate amount of detail? No. All right. So the other day I was thinking, there's this couple. That's what I was thinking about. And the husband, I was actually on the phone with said husband. And he, I did again, didn't I? Doggone it. <laughs> now I'm going to be self-conscious this entire episode. <clears throat> and I did that for you. Thank you. I cleared my throat in front of the microphone because you expressly told me not to do that before we started recording. I did. Listeners, I'm trying to look out for you. That's when you have this <laughs> podcast cranked in your car, what you don't want to hear yeah. is Michael or I clearing our <laughs> flimmy throats. That was just passive aggressiveness on my part. <laughs> now I feel like I'm even. So he tried to diagnose his wife with borderline personality disorder. Oh, so he was just like, hey, uh, Dr. Smalley. I'm really concerned. This is this is what she has. I'm worried. I'm pretty, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. WebMD. Yeah. Who knows? But I'm on the phone with said husband, mm-hmm. and I, I just I got irritated. Right. Well, because he's not a psychologist, a <laughs> psychiatrist, or even a whatever, master's level therapist. Mm-hmm. So, and But I run across this a lot in, in intensives. I would say many of the intensives. So I don't know what number to put on it. I would say over yeah. half. Easily over half of them. Somebody's diagnosing somebody with something serious. I think my husband's a narcissist. I think my wife's bipolar. I think, and they just go on. And, and, you know, sometimes I'm just, you know, in a weird mood. I'm like, really, how did you, you know, tell me more? How did you reach this? Well, I, I, I looked it up and blah, blah, blah. And my friend told me that. And it's absurd. Right. And it's, it's a kind of offensive because I did a lot of schooling to learn the various personality disorders and mood disorders and all the different things. How to differentiate between them. Yeah, and it was really hard work, Mm -hmm. by the way. And they have none of this stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's craziness. And so that's why we're doing a show to teach people how to do it appropriately. Mm. Yeah. Felt like that was a good show idea. Yeah, makes sense. Because I I think many of you are, are doing it now. So I just wanted to give you three. Yeah, we have three easy steps. I mean, that we put in, in the show notes. It all you have to do is pay attention through three steps, and you can validly diagnose completely. Yourself. Yeah. Like I mean, like for real, this isn't a joke. Yeah, you can do it. So three things you have to do. All right, number one. Step number one is go get a master's in clinical psychology or a PhD. Yeah, easy. Number e- either one. one. Yeah. So that's step number one. Just go ahead and take care of that. Uh, step number two: get licensed and spend thirty five hundred hours being supervised. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My, like I think in the state of Texas to be a licensed, because just so you know, I'm not a licensed clinical psychologist, yeah. and the reason I'm not is because of thirty five hundred hours <laughs> that I was unwilling to spend <laughs> being supervised. And I don't want to be in the I don't want to be in the, the the work or business of diagnostics. Like that's just that's not where my heart is. Yeah. Now, obviously, do I have a very deep and healthy understanding of how to diagnose? And I did all the training to do it, and so I'm better than most of the people that come in for an intensive. <laughs> but I'm not licensed because yeah. that's a lot of time. Yeah. To spend, 
and, and that's being supervised. So that's sitting with someone who is older and wiser and more experienced than you mm-hmm. going over all your caseload. Yeah. 3,500 hours. That's a lot of hours. And now, step three. Step three. Now that you have the knowledge and skills to diagnose your spouse, definitely never diagnose your spouse. <laughs> I don't see how that could lead to a problem. Yeah. Oh, hey. So, yeah, I have my PhD. My wife has her master's mm-hmm. in clinical psychology. Yeah. That got interesting. I've got my bachelor's of science. Just, yeah, you do. Just you. Yeah, you yeah. know things about farm animals. I wish I could unlearn. <laughs> You've shared things. It's true. It wasn't good. It wasn't good for me, and it's wrecked my life. I hey, pr- almost became a vegetarian. It's nature, and it's how the Lord created his beautiful creation. Yeah, well, some of that stuff is messed up. <laughs> so those are the three steps. Yeah. And now you're ready to properly diagnose. But but the point is that even if you're like me or like my wife or you're married to a clinical therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, it's never a good idea to diagnose your spouse. <laughs> right. And when Amy and I were in school, when I started in school, she wasn't. She was, I think, pregnant. Yeah, she was pregnant with our first child. And she was kind of at that time thinking she just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And there were some arguments, not with me, and that's what was funny, is you've known me now for a number of years. Numbers of years. And, I mean, do I do that? Am I ever, do I just walk around diagnosing people? No. And, which makes me laugh, because when people inevitably hear what I do, they're like, oh, no, you're probably evaluating. I'm like, clearly you don't know me. Because <laughs> right. I don't do that. I, my brain doesn't work. I just don't worry about that kind of stuff. Right. Unless I'm, frankly, in a professional setting. Yeah. If I'm getting paid for it, I'll do it. But. So <laughs> when I was in school and my wife wasn't, she we'd get into an argument or whatever, and she'd be paranoid that I was diagnosing her. Mm. And I had to spend a tremendous amount of energy going, I swear. <laughs> it's not I'm happening. not doing that thing. <laughs> and then after, I know I don't know why I became white trash, but but then when I finally convinced her that she'd be very happy in the therapy world, she got her master's at uh, Wheaton College, which I actually got my master's there as well. And now she's learning all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And then she actually did some of that with me. She's like, I think you really might need to. <laughs> so like, wait a second. We finally learned, eh, even if you know how to diagnose, don't. Don't right. diagnose. You. Let someone else do that for you. And But here's the deal. I think why... So in intensives, or like, you know, I kind of briefly mentioned the husband I was on the phone with. Mm-hmm who theorized that his wife was a borderline. My kind of first reaction was, okay, first of all, I don't think you realize how serious of a diagnosis that is. Mm. And there are several things that are, you know, requirements to have happened in a person's life to even be diagnosed with that. Yeah. And so I asked him, did have any of these things your knowledge ever had? He's like, oh, good Lord, no. I'm like, well, then stop. Yeah. I go, let me worry about any potential diagnoses. You get to worry about you. Right. And it feels and, and I asked you when we were kind of going over the show notes, do you have any friends or maybe even you? Have you ever tried to diagnose Shauna, your lovely wife? Uh, not to my knowledge. Any theories? Like, hmm. All I know is that I don't understand enough about women to give any sort of diagnostic. <laughs> that's that's a truth. <laughs> But friends, though, have you had friends that have tried, oh, no, I'm worried about my wife or I'm worried about oh. my husband. I think he might be bipolar. That's a super popular one right now Yeah, is bipolar. I hear that 
over. I, I think I think they might be bipolar. Well, I'd say almost every one of my friends who maybe is in a hard spot relationally with their spouse has offered some sort of diagnosis of them. Like, yeah. this is this is kind of what I think it is. Yeah, I think. And what's funny is, and I used to tell because sometimes, frankly, I think even clinicians do this very poorly. Uh, my theoretical bent would be, for the most part, I wouldn't want a person to hear their diagnosis, especially if it's a personality disorder. Um, yeah, you don't know which personality you're talking to. Yeah, exactly. And that'd be disassociative personality disorder. Oh. Just does, so you know. He does know stuff, guys. I know things. So I, I don't like it because now all of a sudden they're labeled. Mm-hmm. And they think... because. Even when you get diagnosed with some sort of personality or mood disorder, it's it's almost like a work of art. There's you know nuances and differences, mm-hmm. and and you can't just read a definition on a sheet and go, oh no, that's me, right? Right. And and so I I I tend to not share diagnoses, and then man, even the professionals will get that wrong. I mean, I have oh, a sure. lot of people come in with certain diagnoses from another, and I'm going, whoa. I don't know about that. And then I'll have them reassessed by someone that I trust. And a lot of times they come out, oh, yeah, no, that's not that at all. So it's kind of a tricky business even for professionals to diagnose. But I I think it feels like most people, when they're trying to diagnose their spouse, they do so because it kind of helps take the focus off their own junk. And lands it squarely in their spouse's lap because they're bipolar, they're borderline. You know, that's becoming popular now, borderline. There's some popular books out there that are pretty good. I think Walking on Eggshells is a good one. And so people will read a book and go, oh, my, that's my. Right. And it may be true. I'm not dismissing it. But what I find is many times it's not true. And many times someone is just focusing on this diagnosis of the other person. Right, because they don't want to have to focus about their own job. Yeah, it removes culpability. Like you, you don't have to be the issue. You don't have to correct. Well, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, see, I'm not messed up. It's my yeah. bipolar spouse. Well, even if I am messed up, then it's really the, the spouse is causing the most right. of the issues. I'm so, a victim, so we should take care of them first, and Ooh. then, and then we can take care of me because that's that's the major issue. Yeah, because many of their beliefs is if we just get that fixed, then we'll be good, and that's mm-hmm. not the truth. Because life is more dynamic, it's more sophisticated. There's more, you know. There's more little, you know, wheels or cogs in the wheel that you, you know, you, if someone has, and and let me maybe even give a little advice here. I did it again. <laughs> if you're gonna smirk every time I don't finish a sentence, if someone has what, I don't. I I can't even think about it. My spirit is closed. <laughs> no, I do. That's interesting. I think it's my brain works so fast. Yeah, because I'm ADD. Well, you definitely mentally get there that before p-choo. your mouth does. Yeah, I know. you've made that connection. So I'm slow mouthed. Or I wonder if or that's fa- a disorder. Are you slow mouthed or fast brained or fat lipped? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, it derailed. Isn't, isn't that a bass? I <laughs> <laughs> got me one of those fat lipped bass. They do have a large mouth that fits my large head. So let me give a little advice. All right. Yeah, I think now I've already said don't diagnose your spouse. And by the way, if you're not a master's in clinical psychology, licensed or PhD or psychiatrist, stop. Period. Yeah. Now, 
what when I train pastors, especially or lay counselors, right? When I hit the, you know, there's kind of always a point in the training where I'm talking about serious psychological disorders. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's personality disorders. Everyone tends to understand depression. They might not know how to help the person who's depressed, but they kind of get, right. you're not refusing to get out of bed. You're sleeping all day. You're Maybe you're depressed. But with serious diagnoses like uh, narcissistic personality disorder or, or uh, even bipolar or a disassociative disorder, um, what's the other one I've been using? Borderline mm-hmm. personality disorder. Those are those are intense, right? Those are sociopath, right? Yeah. Uh, those are big time. And what I usually tell pastors or lay people that are in counseling situations is for me, because again, I'm not an expert in that stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, I tend to start going, oh, when when it feels totally chaotic. Right when it feels, when you know, oftentimes a trigger in my mind is like in my brain. I might be working with a couple, and I'm dealing with one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And in my brain, I'm going, "Oh my, you know, it's this is insane. Like, what the heck is going?" And I'm yeah. so confused, and it's so chaotic, and none of it makes sense, and everything's being twisted, mm-hmm. and and you're at this total loss. That might be an indication that there's something more serious. Yeah, and so that's when you know a pastor or a layperson would really want to refer, mm, yeah, get them out to a professional. Mm-hmm. So maybe in your relationship, if you're thinking or feeling some of those things, again, you don't diagnose, but you might want to try to get some help and your spouse to get some help. But outside of that, yeah, I would just say, um, you know, when when looking for help in discussing with whoever that person is you reach out to, making sure that you are um, telling symptoms and not diagnosing, right? Usually what I tell someone, and that I'm very glad you brought this up, is because, yes, you do not want to go up to your spouse and go, hey, I'm very suspicious. You may have a terrifying psychological disorder. <laughs> no. Would you please go get tested? <laughs> I was talking to, talking about, like, if, say, my spouse had issues and I'm going t- to... Um, some sort of therapist to, mm-hmm. to discuss. Oh, it. right, right, right. And to share. To share. Yeah. Let's just like a, a doctor. Well, I don't come and just say, hey, they have this disease. I would be like, these are the symptoms I see. Oh, and that's a really good analogy because no one would do that. Well, actually, no, that's not true. People do that too. Well, they do that I as well. I know I yeah. have this virus. For sure. And, and doctors have to sift through. Yeah, they have to laugh that off. I have to learn to laugh that off too. Um, and so, yeah, come and present and be authentic and honest if you're with an expert. Say, like if you come to our small marriage intensive. But even before that, you might need to have a conversation. So, you know, someone's listening to the show going, yeah, but I really think, you know, I've read it. I read, you know, Walking on Eggshells. I read this. I read uh, People of the Lie by M. Scott Peck. There's another great book, and that's about narcissists and Sometimes if I've suspected that someone might be married to a narcissist, Mm -hmm. and usually that person's not there, and so you know it's kind of a one-on-one thing, I'll have them read that book, and just as a sort of, hey, like, does this feel similar? (laughs) Does this smell familiar? And then we know, well, maybe there is something, and and Mm -hmm. what can we now maybe do about that? But if you have to have that conversation, 
because you're nervous and maybe your relationship is really struggling and and like kind of described in my mind when it it feels chaotic it feels insane you know it just feels what in the world is going on then if you're if you try to approach your spouse remember to approach but make it about you right okay. so you yeah. don't go into that conversation pointing the finger going hey i th- i think you may have obviously that's not going to go well and especially if they actually are it's really going to go bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what you can do, though, is to say, hey, listen, I love you, and I'm just feeling like I, I need help. And I am i don't know how you're feeling in our relationship, but I know I'm really struggling, and I'm imagining you're feeling the same way. And so would you be open at all to come with me? Can we find a counselor? Can we go to the pastor to get that process started? Mm-hmm. That's generally going to get you a lot more success. And then if they refuse, which, by the way, if they have many of those things, probably are going to refuse. Yeah. Uh, maybe a narcissist would think that they could get through the whole process undetected, which many times they do. Um, you can still go because you can get help. And you don't go to get your spouse diagnosed, obviously, because any any professional worth their weight would n- never attempt to do right. that. And I tell people that, look. You might be right, and this behavior is pretty scary, but I haven't met your spouse. I haven't, they haven't been assessed. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that we have to go through before someone gets diagnosed. But be careful, though, because what I feel like most of the time, that spouse absolutely does not have a disorder, right? Like the husband on the phone saying, my wife, I think she's borderline. No, she isn't. She's not borderline. And the reason you're doing that, again, is to keep the focus off your own junk, and for many people, it's an excuse to divorce. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's what they're going for. They're trying to rationalize their desire to end the marriage, mm-hmm. end the relationship. Because, well, you know, because that's what they can say. That's what yeah. they can tell their family and their friends as well. I mean, what other options do they have? He's a narcissist or she was a borderline or they're bipolar and totally out of control. And I'm just pushing back here that. Not a high percentage of the population are going to have these diagnoses. Right. So that's why I feel pretty safe most of the time, assuming that's not accurate. And I wonder if, as a spouse, um, being affected by I mean, whatever it is, let's say it's not, say they, I think, you know, a wife is bipolar. Um, that's not necessarily true. But in the moment, all those, whatever symptoms she's uh, showing, they're more exaggerated in my mind because I'm in the middle of it. So it's way easier for you as a third party to have a, a better perspective on what's going on. Mick. Okay. And that's actually what I told that husband. I'm like, look, I get that your wife escalates. That's all it is. She escalates. It's not yep. rage. It's not this other thing. It's definitely not borderline. She's an escalator. Mm-hmm. She has angry anger issues. My wife has anger issues. I have shut her down, passive aggressive issues. Doesn't make me histrionic. Yeah. Doesn't make yeah. I don't even know that word. one. Yeah. That's another one. Histrionic. Yeah. That's a good one. Of all the ones, that's the one you want. It's the <laughs> least Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the least lethal. <laughs> no. And so and and man, so that's such a great point because that's the unfair part of it. And and think about this too is when you're locked in and focused on this diet, you know, you're researching and you're on WebMD and you're Googling and you're looking at all these, and you're buying books and stuff, what are you actually focused on? The yeah. negative, yeah, right? And we know, we've said this on the show, 
that only leads to more negativity. Mm -hmm. So now my whole focus, and it's kind of like the analogy when, you know, when I moved here, I drove, I'm not even going to say what I drove. It was a Mini Cooper. And I'm ashamed of it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and so at that time, I was actually commuting from Houston to this little town in Texas called Victoria. I was the mm -hmm. interim pastor. And I'm driving. And I didn't want to be driving a Mini Cooper, especially when you're going to kind of a country church. Country church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, rocking in the Mini Cooper. <laughs> I just can imagine the, the deacons that walk up. <laughs> Boy, you know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. What is wrong with you, son? Uh, a lot of things. So when I was driving, what I wanted most of all was a Ford F one fifty white. And guess what I saw everywhere? Ford F one fifty white. It's the same number that there's always been. Mm -hmm. But when you're focused on that, it's all you see. Right. And th and that's the danger of of trying to diagnose your spouse. So here's what you should be doing instead, Seth. We got four things. Yeah. What's number one? Focusing on your own junk. Yeah. So we and we say that over and over. It's mm -hmm. personal, personal responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. We're doing a knuckle right now. <laughs> so yeah, worry about you because try <laughs> a knuckle bump. Fist bump. Fist bump. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I'm really off. Man, I apologize <laughs> doing to the listener. A knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it true? Listeners, I apologize. Was for... it accurate? <laughs> no. It's a knuckle. And we're bumping. I, you know what? From now on, I will refer to that move as only a knuckle bump. That's not even what you said. You said doing a knuckle. Oh, I didn't have the bump? <laughs> no. Oh, man. I didn't finish that sentence again. Okay. So, so number one, Seth, focus on your own junk. Yes. Your own knuckles. <laughs> number two, stay obedient to the commands of Christ. We say this a lot, too. So if you want to be a disciple of Christ, then you need to do what he says. And that kind mm -hmm. of opened up and and you know re i had this conversation with my oldest and we we're out in the jacuzzi hanging out I'm like man i haven't even checked in on you with your girlfriend like how are things going we love her she's a wonderful lady chelsea i hope they're still dating as this airs because that'll be awkward <laughs> right but he said actually it's going really good and kind of talk some stuff and then he kind of brought up like, like one of the things i think we've got a better handle on is she tends to get really mad at me because I'm perpetually late. Mm. You have failed him as a fake uncle. <laughs> I think you have failed him as a real father. <laughs> <laughs> you almost called me a fake father. <laughs> but because both Seth and I, funny enough, as goofy as we might appear and sound on the show, uh, timeliness is next to godliness. Yes. So Thanks. I'm an on time. I'm an early guy. Like, yeah. <gasps> remember New Year's Eve? You invited us over. For 7 p.m., what time did I come through your front door? Seven. seven. Like, on the nose. Yeah. I was so proud. I walked. I looked at my watch and went, mm-hmm, seven. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm anally on time. And usually on time means you're late. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so there. On time for me is early. Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 minutes. Yep. So I warn my friends, which I don't, I don't even think I bothered warning you because we're similar in this way. But usually, like, my late friends, I'm like, okay, if you're saying the party starts at 7, but you don't really want us there till 7.38, you need to tell me the time. Right. Because I'll be there at 7, <laughs> if not a little early to help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Cole was, like, going, yeah, you know, I was able to talk with her that, you know, it's frustrating because, you know, you really get down on me or maybe critical when I'm not on time. 
and that was just one of these issues you kind of felt like they were able to finally talk about better. But here's why I bring it up, because as we kind of kept talking, and, and if you're a parent, these are wonderful conversations I have with your kids. I eventually, you know, pretty quickly asked them, well, I, I, why would I not even ask you, how are you doing with Jesus? Mm-hmm. And that was gold, and I was so proud of him. He was like, honestly, Dad, I'm really, he's at Biola University in mm-hmm. L.A., and he goes, Dad, I think I'm finally starting to get it that it's not just about knowing Christ's words, that if you're really a disciple, you have to do them. Mm-hmm. There's action, right? Yeah. And then like the savvy father I am, I brought this whole <laughs> deal full circle. And I went, really? I went, all right, just out of curiosity, I go, how would that look in your relationship with Chelsea? And he kind of bumbled and stumbled around a little bit, not like negative, mm-hmm. just trying to think of things. And I go, well, let me give you an example. I said, Christ says to go the extra mile, to lay your life down, to be a servant. He's like, yeah, totally. I go, well, like, what would that look like when it comes to being on time? <laughs> and I mean, his whole face, like the smirk, you know, kind of overtook <laughs> his face. And he just like went, mm, well, it sounds like I need to maybe start thinking of ways and how I might be able to serve her. And then I went, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about doing, right? Love, we've said a lot. Love is a verb. Yeah. It's an action. It's love. a choice. My dad's first seminar that he did for 20 years, I think, was love is a decision. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looks like. And so you want to be obedient, and that obedience to Christ means that you're laying your life down. You're being a servant. You're going the extra mile. You're turning the other cheek. You're forgiving. These are wonderful commands mm-hmm. for, for relationships. Yeah. If you would do them, it actually helps. Uh, number three, pursuing your own mental health, right? Because that's a lot of times someone, which is really funny because sometimes I actually do the circular thing with people that are trying to diagnose their spouse because mm-hmm. it could be very diagnosable that you're trying to diagnose your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, careful. <laughs> right. Exactly. Might want to ease up on that thing. And the number four is choosing each day to do the right thing, which is love. So. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on the diagnosis or what problem does my spouse have, but instead focus on what can I be doing for my spouse today. Right. That would be meaningful. Uh, It's asking that. It's verbalizing that. I ask Amy a lot, like, hey, how can I make this special? How can I help with this? Is there anything I can do for you today? She asks the same things of me. And it's that is really what drives a healthy relationship. And, And just on the diagnosing thing, relax. Let yeah. professionals handle it. Because, I, again, I get it. Some of you listening might actually have someone in your home that is diagnosable. Mm-hmm. Let professionals handle that. I had yeah. I, I had a couple one time where, you know, the husband kind of came in, and I, he wasn't even trying to diagnose her. But, man, on day two of this intensive, whoa. I mean, she behaved in such a dramatically negative, overwhelming manner that I mean, I kind of knew instantly, borderline. I knew it. I mean, I just I knew, and she actually stormed out of the intensive and left. Really? Yeah. Flew home. Rich couple just flew home. And <laughs> I looked at her husband and went, "Well, because uh, there were some, there were some abusive things going on, especially with her kids." Mm-hmm. And I basically said, "Look, I don't know, but my recommendation would be to draw a boundary." And say, listen, I want us to stay married. I love you. But if we're going to continue, you're going to need to go to this. And there's this wonderful treatment inpatient place. Yeah. And 
And he drew the boundary. And then I got a lovely phone call from the wife. Lovely. It was, I don't think I've ever been cussed out quite as thoroughly. (laughs) (laughs) It was really intense, which kind of just further like, yeah, I think I'm on the right track here. Right. But the best part of that conversation, by the way, ever, is as she's cussing me out, saying I'm a horrible blankety, blankety, blank, blank, blank. She, she literally said to me, and to spite you, right? So that's how she started that sentence. Mm-hmm. And to spite you. And I thought, oh, here it comes. She's going to like track me down. She's going <laughs> right. to threaten to kill me. She goes, and to spite you, I'm checking myself in. That's what I, yeah, if y'all could have seen it, <laughs> Seth's head shook, you know, shook like, what? Wait, what? I did the same thing. I was like, whoa. And, I, and so I actually, you know how we teach to validate and you repeat back what you think the speaker mm-hmm. just said? Yeah. <laughs> I did that. I went, hold on. So let me make sure to spite me, you're going to check yourself into the clinic. She said, yeah. How do you like that, blankety blanker? I went, I'm good with it. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> and it was the weirdest thing. I thought, that is you're going to get me back by going into the, which is what I asked you to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and diagnosable people tend to have faulty thinking like that. Yeah. But the, the you know, the yada, yada, yada part of that is, I think, was in treatment for 180 days, mm-hmm. quite a while, and got healing. It's awesome. I know. I mean, shock. Yeah. <laughs> was, Out of spite. He called me, and he goes, so what do I do now? I went, dude, pray. Like, this is where she needs to be because she needed yeah. some really intense help and medication and therapy. And we'll just see where it goes. And she made it. That's awesome. I know. Isn't that nuts? To spite me. <laughs> right. I'm going to do what you asked. I'm going to get healing. I wish my kids were more like that. <laughs> right. You know what? <laughs> Despite you, Father, I'm going to honor and obey you. Forget you. <laughs> I'm going to be obedient on this. Uh, okay. That's what I was hoping for. Well, there you have it. Just now they know how to diagnose. Three easy steps. Three <laughs> simple things. And they all, like Jesus' own words, tend to end with you worrying about you. Yep. And doing the right thing. Well, if you want to turn that relationship around, don't forget about our powerful online courses. You can check them out at smalleyinstitute.com. And if you enjoy the show, Sethra. Let us know. Mm. Reviews. Yep iTunesies, iTunes, Google Play. Mm-hmm. Does anyone actually leave reviews on Google Play? I don't even know. I've never seen any. Yeah, just go, go there. Just leave us a little uh, star review. Your choice, one to five. Yeah. Preferably to five, but that's fine, you know. And uh, let's okay know. if you don't. Mm-hmm. We'll still love you. And then at the bottom of the notes page on diagnosing your spouse this very episode... There is a link where you can submit your own story of healing, of reconciliation, Mm -hmm. of forgiveness, whatever it is. We want to hear about it. So please click on that link and you can get on the show. You could be in studio or we can do it right over the phone. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in just two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll-free at 888-565-6462.
Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.